0: Can you look at a child? And he says, Daddy, what is that? How does that, why is that like that? An adult would go, well, let's, you know, got it all figured out here and then we'll do. But the child, he just has faith that his father's leading him along. and He can just wonder at all the world he sees, and he can ask his dad, what does this mean? So I would just read God's word and wonder at it. I like to understand not just the way we use the words and their definition, but I like to understand the origins of them. Because the origins of the and most words that we have are like compound words. And when I look at pro, seed, two words, or uh, propitiation. Now, of course, the Greek may have been something slightly different, but they translate it as propitiate. Pro means before, and to pit. Like pitch means to throw or fly. So Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. He flew before us to take care of us. That's the meaning of that word. And you go, oh, what is it? It's like a dream. You have this dream and you wake up and you kind of get the sense that it was purposeful. Have meaning. It's from the Lord, but... What in the world does that mean? See, that's the wonder. It's like this. I remember a year ago. I'm laying in bed with my wife's asleep on my shoulder. I was holding her, and I'm just feeling the love. I had trouble with love between family members and feeling it. My heart was closed. So over the years, God has been helping me to open my heart more. So I'm just feeling that love. And then all of a sudden, in my mind, I get this, my heart just looks up to God. And his love I felt in a new way. See, I was feeling like a husband. Now, all of a sudden, for the first time in my life, I felt like a son. I always knew it. See, the adult mind knew it, but the childlike heart had never felt it. I felt like a son. My heart just looked to the Lord, because I was in the love mode, receiving the love, feeling and love mode, and my heart just looked to the Lord, and I felt it. It was very meaningful to me. So I've been had on my heart this whole week after David asked me and I you know well oh, Lord what do you want me to say and I would wake up in the morning have my time with the Lord and stuff would start to come and it's like I'm thinking it out you know like I'm talking sometimes out loud in my living room preaching to you already when you weren't there <laughs> but last night my wife asks me so what are you going to preach about And see, the Lord had already said, don't worry, I will be with your mouth. You just prepare your heart, and I'll give you words to speak to the hearts of the people. What would you like more than anything else in the world? What would you like the Lord to do in your life and through you? What's at the deepest part of you? What do you really want? How do you want to be? How do you want the Lord to use you in life? What do you have in there? Can you think about that? Do you have something in your mind how you would like to see the Lord do that? Now think about what's stopping that from happening. Is it the timing of outward circumstances? Or is it something within? It says, I can't. Yes, it may be impossible for you. Impossible for me. But with, the verse says, things that are impossible with men, all things are possible with God. All I did was look up in my heart. I think I even went up like that with my eyes. And I felt the Lord's presence. I felt him in a new way that was a big breakthrough for me. Because my heart had fear and shut down out of fear to love. And it's love that motivates us, that is to be the motivation, really, the only motivation that glorifies God. God is love. doesn't just mean God is loving, but he is love. You know, I see a little boy and a little girl. Parents are downstairs, and they're up in their parents' bedroom. And they come down the stairs, you know, in mommy and daddy's clothes. And she's got lipstick all over her mouth. It looks cute, but it's not the same. We can try to emulate God's love. And we do it because we want people to see that we can be loving. And we want to think well of ourselves. But that's different than God's love it's only God's love that can bring the image of God in us to life. We keep trying to do it and we fail and we go and people look at us and go what was that? You know they can see through it. We put on this face of love and we're supposed to do this love and so we do it. Now there is a realization that we can do what we know we need to do out of faith. Not in our own goodness, but in God's goodness, that's different. But walking in God's love, we fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit. And then the actions that we do are from Him. We can see into the hearts of people because we can identify with them. We know what it's like. That's what God did when he came down as Jesus. He identified with us. And as he is, so also are we in this world. So we just look on the people and see and just have confidence to look right into them and just to bless them. And they see in our eyes and on our face the real desire. I'll say it personally, that I just appreciate what I see in you. I appreciate what I see in you because it's the image of God. The most beautiful thing in all the world, right there. Right in that man coming across the street. I wish I could just run out to him and look him in the eye and tell him the goodness that I see in you. You see, now, God doesn't expect us to do God things on our own. We can't. Now he gave us our own bodies that, unlike this, it doesn't have any power at all, but we have this physical power and it motivates us and, and does all that kind of stuff. And we even have our own soulish power, but it's only the image of God. It takes God's life in us to do those things. So when we keep expecting of ourselves to do those things, then when we don't do it, we look down on ourselves and we say, I can never do that. No, but God can, because all things are possible with God, because it's his love in us that can make us do anything. When he fills me with his love, when I get so full of his love, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid to... Go up to the guy walking across the street and say hi to him. Just start talking with him. I don't even know what I'm going to say. Like, I didn't know what I was going to say. I just had to trust. That's what my life is. So I quit fighting it and I quit trying to have it all prepared ahead of time because it just doesn't seem to work well with me. I, I need to just be at rest. And let the Holy Spirit speak through me. The prophecy. I just let the Holy Spirit. He's always faithful. I don't have to worry. There's nothing wrong with having it prepared. There's nothing wrong with that. Someday I might even do that. (laughs) (laughs) So let the Lord speak into your heart. So I thought I might say a couple things here this morning. So that was... One piece. Now, I was sitting there, and we're playing volleyball this morning. Did you see that? Did you notice we were playing volleyball this morning? Oh, yeah. I received the volley, came over the net. I hit it up in the air. It came over to David. He hit. He hit it up in the air. And now I'm going to BAM! <laughs> I gave a prophecy. David said, it's important not just to assume not just to assume, it all sounded good, right? all sounded good, but bring it before the Lord anyway. Don't trust in your own understanding. Don't trust automatically that it's all good. I hear people say, oh, it's all good, it's all good. Well, it's not necessarily true. Right. He gave us the ability to discern if we will just take him up on it. So, Lord, was it all good? Will you show me? Is there something that I should just put aside and just take this part? Show me. We all have so much in us. You know we share it here amongst one another so easily. And we do get to share with the people. I know my wife shares at work and I'm sure you know all of you have somebody we can share with. But this year I would like to encourage everyone to be looking and to be open to letting the fears go and speak more purposefully, more fluidly with the people that you come, that we all come in contact with. I, I still have fear of doing it that I have to overcome. But each time I do it, so I, I know I probably have shared this before, I, couldn't even, I didn't, couldn't even look people in the eye. Uh, Fifteen years ago, <laughs> I walked with my head down, and if I was sitting across from somebody, I would, you know, maybe gloat like that, you know. I and mean, then talk over here and then look back, you know. But I could not look people in the eye and see the, all the great beauty that's in people. It is so. That's that's my most precious gift that I have, is to be able to see the beauty in people's eyes and their hearts. So I just determined that I'm just gonna start doing it. And little by little, I got a little better at it, a little better at it. So for starting conversations with people, just starts with looking at them, smile, and say hi. If that's all you do, you've just helped to cultivate the ground. In uh, Psalm 37, it talks about dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. The first land is this land right here. I want to cultivate faithfulness. Now when you cultivate, okay farmers, what do you do when you cultivate? You plow, yeah, you till, you break it up, and you want the ground to be soft. Fertilizing it, getting the rocks out. If we want to plant seeds, well, we know from the Gospels that Jesus said there's different grounds, different types of ground, and this guy was out just throwing seed around, you know, He's preaching to everybody, throwing the seed around. Some of them just spring right up. Oh, yeah, cool, I'll do that. But his ground wasn't cultivated. Some of it was rocky. had to have the rocks taken out. I find that my most precious gift is not just sowing seeds into people, but it's cultivating the soil, being friendly, Just if I say hi and look them in the eye and speak to their hearts like I really mean it, like I really think, you're just such a joy. I mean, I'll tell people that. I met someone in Egan for coffee, and we talked. And I'm sure, you know, some of the people around us could hear. So we got done. She left, and I said, oh, I'm just going to sit here for a little bit. And there was this uh, lady sitting in the corner. Just two tables away, and I made a movement, you know, get up, or I did something over here, and and I I could see out of my peripheral vision that she looked up and then looked down. I, I had look, I was looking at her while she was looking down, and just felt something. It's like I almost felt her. I don't even know what it was. I just felt something. I don't know what it was. And then it's like. In a way, I guess you could say God was highlighting her to me. And that's the verbiage today. God was highlighting this person. Well, what does that mean? Did he have a green pen that, <laughs> wow, that lady's highlighted. <laughs> so I moved again. She, I could see out of the corner of my eye. But she looks back down too quickly for me to catch her eye. So OK, do it this way. So I got up and I looked. <laughs> And I i didn't look stupid, but I tried not to. But I, I just looked at her in the eye and smiled, and it caught eyes. And when that happened, it's just the clincher for me. Because her, I could see her heart spark. Just because I looked her in the eye with a smile of approval, just because I believed in her. I didn't know her, but I know the images of, of God is in each of us. You might know something about a person, right? And I know something about that person. Just stay away from them. But what does Jesus do? The guy's a leper. You don't touch lepers, you don't get near them. That was the worst thing in the world for people back then. I went through the Mini- uh, Love Minneapolis, Love Twin City thing, and one year, well, it's always for the Gay Pride, during the Gay Pride parade. So, I had to learn to just look past their obvious sin. Some of them were dressed and trying to look as gay as possible. I had just look past that and look in their eyes and see the image of God in there. Look past their sin. So that's how I approach it. I want to look past The grumpiness on his face. I know that he has the image of God in there that needs to be watered. The ground needs to be softened. If I don't do that, I can preach at him, it's gonna bounce off his hard heart. Most important thing I feel for me is I just love to cultivate the ground. Once I've cultivated and I've seen their response, then it's like I know something about them then I might plant a seed because I know that that ground will receive that seed when I say it in that way. It's something that I learned to do with practice. And I learn, oh, don't do that again. <laughs> because it, you know, bounced off and the person reacted. So you have times when you're riding your bike and you fall off. Oh, I'm not a good bike, I'm just not a bike rider. Well, no, you are a bike rider. Jesus said that you, you are my representatives. And all the things that I do, you can do. You don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be an intercessor. You don't have to be this or that. But you can do them all. (laughs) Want to know why? Because he lives inside of you. He can do them all. That might not be your go-to thing. But if you get practiced at doing the variety of things, then you can be all things to all men. You might go with what you're best at and work with that, but use it to advance the kingdom of God. Don't back down because of fear. Oh, you know, I think I got off track when I was wanting to talk about the... um, The prophecy let's go back to that bounce back to that so the prophetic word said something about our clothing that we will wear forever that what we do here glorifying God we will wear that as clothing forever does that bring any scriptures to anybody's mind at the end of Revelation at the end of time we will meet Jesus in the air and we will be like him for we shall see him just as he is. So that that's kind of the scene. And what's going to happen? What's the feast that happens? The marriage of the lamb. Okay, now picture the bridegroom is standing there waiting and the bride comes and what is she wearing? The Robes that she's wearing are white. Is there another word in there that is describing the robes? What they are. They're pure, without blemish. And they are, now it tells us what they are. Not just what they're like now. Now it's going to tell us what they are. What they're made of. The fabric that they're woven of. It says those robes are the righteous deeds of the saints that's what she's going to be wearing that's what we the bride of Christ are going to be wearing the robes of the works that we did here on earth that were motivated by the Holy Spirit when we have the Holy Spirit in us we live him out and that's light to the world That is the glory of God because it's by the Holy Spirit. It's the works of righteousness, and God alone is righteous. We can't be righteous on our own except by the Holy Spirit living through us. And as we live that out before the world, it's like um, an oil lamp. There's something in particular about the oil lamp. There's like, let's say, three parts to it. At the bottom is the the bowl, and what does it have in it? Oil. And then, above it, we are the um, temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us, and the oil is in us. Is in us. But we don't want it to leave it there. We want it to go up the wick, and then what does it do? It combusts. And sheds light to the world we are being clothed in that light the light of the glory of God and we will never lose the reward of those works though it will be our tent of light of love of glory of God that we will live forever you see you're building your own clothes here my wife when she was a kid made her own clothes we are making our own clothes when we choose to walk by the Holy Spirit, giving out the fruit of the Holy Spirit in this life. You see how awesome that is? We get how many, maybe 80 years here to make our clothing that we're going to live in for 100 years? No. 1000? No. A million years? How about, I mean, have you, no, think of it, if I say forever, which is true, I mean, we could just say forever, yes, yeah, forever, we can't even understand that, but if we say a million years ago, gosh, a billion years, a trillion years, and then a trillion, tri- so you have a trillion, a trillion, a, tri- a trillion of those, forever. How awesome is that? What we do here now is the clothing that we're going to be living in forever. So I really want to get to work at living for God every moment of the day, pressing my heart to walk in the footsteps of the Lord with Him motivating me with each step. I'm not going to worry about the wind and the waves. What I just did was I processed the Word. I looked for scriptures that just come to my mind when I hear people speak. Does it bring to scripture to my mind? The better I know the Word of God, the easier the scriptures are going to come to my mind. The easier I'm going to be able to say, weigh the Word that I hear. If I don't know the scriptures well, if I don't pour through them, you know, on a regular basis, just hearing them, not even having to study them. Just to have them in my heart. Treating God's Word like it's a a book. When you buy a book, do you just you know, pick it apart and study it? You read it. You just read it. You get the story. There's nothing wrong with looking into each word and that kind of stuff. But if you don't get the gist of the whole book together, You're going to be missing something. We're going to be missing something that you could give. So anyway, the Word, the Spirit, and the doing of it. We want this year to mobilize as a people of God, just us here. If we would give it our all, Look what the twelve disciples did. Give it our all. Right where you're at. You don't have to be over here. You don't have to be over there. Be right where you're at. The person standing next to you. Just think of them as this treasure. Within them is the image of God. And if you can water that image in them by treating them like they're the most precious thing in the world, it brings that image to life. You've just watered Jesus in them. And Jesus said, if you give me a cup of cold water, why did we get into heaven? Because you gave me a cup of cold water. You visited me and you did this and that. And then the other group, the goats, said, Oh, why don't we get into heaven? We sat and we listened to you. We took your word into us. We we knew you because you didn't do anything with it. Do something with it. There is a place for being drawn into, and there's a place for, ooh, I don't want that. We want to move away from lethargy and fear because it stops us from living Let's, this year, in the days, hours, and not wait, as soon as we go out there, have on my heart, Lord, whom can I touch today? I got to speak with three people on Wednesday. Three different people. I might sit in my house, in my living room, and it might, you know, day after day, and, I don't get out and nothing happens. But as soon as I get out, I had three people that I ministered to just off the cuff. And it was good. You could see it in their hearts and eyes. Cultivate the ground. And then when you speak the word, it will grow.